This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Welcome to Reporters Without Orders. I'm Ayush, your host for today, whether you like it or not. And uh, today we have, uh, you know, as is the good, good old podcast tradition here at News Laundry, we'll be talking about what made news, what didn't, and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. To do this, we have a Zabardust panel of two News Laundry reporters. There is Anna a legal eagle who has been covering the courts lately, though she's also been reporting from in and around Delhi in mostly the protest sites. Hi, Anna. Hi, Ayush. And there's also Akanksha who covers the badlands of Uttar Pradesh, but who has also been reporting on the farmer protests at the Singhu border. Hi, Akanksha. Hi, Ayush. How have you two been in the last uh, week? Pretty well. Like, I've been reporting and it's been quite well for me. Yeah, you you got uh, to witness quite a piece of history <laughs> with the MJ Akbar yeah. versus yeah, Priya Ramani case. Yes, that we'll was... We'll talk about that. Yeah, sure. Akanksha, how was your week? I just got done with uh, our NL Sena series mm. on Love Jihad, uh, where uh, Basant and I had gone to Lucknow, Sitapur and Kanpur. And it was uh, quite an experience. And then, of course, I've been uh, going to Singhu. Uh, it was only like once mm. uh, in a while. And uh, I wanted to get a sense of uh, the two-month-long farmers' protest. Um, also because I wasn't a part of uh, the coverage initially. Um, so I just wanted to understand who these uh, men and women are uh beyond the you know sloganeering and their demands like who are these people who have camped on the borders of delhi for two months right so yeah so we'll come to that we'll talk about both your reports um that you filed from singhu last week but before we set the ball rolling for today i would like to tell all the new listeners about news laundry we are a hundred percent ad free news platform and we need your support to stay afloat so please subscribe to us and pay to keep news free. You can go to newslaundry.com slash subscription and click on the subscribe button on the top right-hand corner of our website. Now, guys, uh, I wasn't very keen on this segment, but then Anna uh, wanted to do it because we do bizarre news. You know? Yeah. Uh, good old Snigdha started this tradition here. So, Anna, what's your bizarre news for this week? Tell us. Um, so, there's this uh, bizarre news. It was published on DNA. So, it says that there's an Indonesian woman and she claims that she was made pregnant by a gust of wind and not by any man. So, that, that's interesting. I mean... Uh, More than interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, um, so apparently she says that, you know, when she was offering her afternoon prayers and she was lying down on the floor... So uh, she uh, like suddenly felt, you know, a uh, wind enter through her body and uh, she felt a pain, like sort of a very acute right. pain in her stomach. And 15 minutes after the incident, <laughs> the bump in her abdomen started growing bigger. Wow. Uh, yeah. And also, this doesn't stop here. So right. she gives a birth also to a baby, and that's baby. That baby is like completely normal. Wait, this 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 didn't happen in that same course of night, no? <laughs> no, no, <Okay>. no. <laughs> the way you're describing it is like okay, there's no. a bump and there's a baby. Ah, there's right. a bump, but yeah, but I think uh, the next process. no, no, no. The next day itself, this lady gives birth to a baby, and that baby is uh, very normal. Right. So the uh, um, so the the community clinic head, hmm. he says that this case is uh, is basically cryptic uh, pregnancy, that's called, where the woman does not feel her own pregnancy before entering labor. Okay. So, yeah. And 
Interestingly, um, this was, I mean, the local police has also said that they will be launching a probe into this matter. Well, so, yeah. good luck finding that piece of wind. <laughs> <laughs> Akanksha, what's your uh, bizarre news? So I think uh, uh, my bizarre news is uh, UGC asking universities to encourage uh, students uh, to uh, take up this course which is centered around uh, cows. Right. It's called Kamdhenu Gau Vigyan Prachar Prasar Examination. Okay. Um, and I think it was, uh, it's my alumni University of Allahabad, which was in news in December, uh, where, uh, you know, the current vice chancellor has set up a chair in the name of cow science. They have also asked UGC for a certain amount as grant. I think it's six to eight crore rupees. Um, and now, again, like UGC is asking other universities also to encourage students to take up this course. So I find it, I mean, it's not really bizarre, but it's 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 very sad also because, uh, uh, I mean, uh, as it is, uh, we are living in a country where we have so many engineers who are, don't even get a job. There are so many MBA pass outs who struggle to get a decent job. Uh, so, uh, like, one must question uh, these educational bodies like UGC that why are you encouraging a course for which there are no takers uh, in the job market? But do you think, I mean, it might be a incremental process. So now you have examinations for cow science. Tomorrow you might have, you know, multi um, these MNCs which might, you know, do something on cow science. I mean, I'm just saying that might be an Unless optimistic and reason. Until you are interested in some soap made of Gaumutra, Ayush, yeah. I, I really don't think cow science uh, hmm. can help, you know, in yeah. uh, curbing the problem of unemployment because the job market is all about having a skill set. Yeah. Uh, which is why you have these online portals like, you know, Coursera and Udemy and all trying to fill in the gap right. uh, which has been there because of traditional way of teaching, uh, you know, p uh, youngsters. Yeah. So uh, unless and until there are takers for, you know, products of cow, which I am not really sure will happen anytime soon, mm -hmm. I don't think that this course will generate jobs at such a scale where you really have to invest money uh, yeah. into that. I think, well, I mean, you're right. I was just being very flippant about, you know, the industry being scow-centric in India. But I was in West UP last week and I was speaking to a lot of people and they were so upset with this uh, scheme of Yogi government where they had... Banned, because they've banned slaughter, they opened local gaushalas where you can, instead of selling your cow away to a slaughterhouse where farmers would sell and still make money, now you go and pay the gaushala and the gaushala ha takes money from you for taking the cow in and people say that they open the gaushala at night so the cows come out, ravage the crops and, you know, in the morning they go back. So it's it's like, I, not, even, not just in Delhi where Jats mm. farmers told me this, but even in p different parts of West UP. So if they want to invest in anything about cows, I think they should just invest in good gaushalas now that we have yeah, such a problem. Yeah. But anyway, that's a big expectation. Now coming to the reports that Anna and Akanksha have filed in the past week. Anna, as I said, witnessed one of the most momentous cases in our history, the MJ Akbar versus Priya Ramani case, which starts uh, in 2018. Uh, when the Me Too movement, you know, uh, came home to India 
and Priya Ramani in October, I think it was the first week if I remember correctly, she tweeted out that uh, Akbar had sexually harassed her when she was a very young, almost a trainee reporter, by inviting her over for an interview at his hotel room. And a week after that, Akbar had filed for defamation. And uh, even though he has been an editor, a journalist, a well-known journalist throughout his career, at that time he was the Minister of State for the Ministry of External Affairs. And I remember a year before that, all that happened, October 2017, when Mm. Me Too came to the West, Mm. Priya Ramani wrote an article for Vogue where, not naming Akbar, she said that her assaulter was as talented a predator as he were a writer. Yeah. Uh, So... Just give us some, you know, some sort of an idea of what the mood was at the court. when and after this mm. verdict was pronounced by the court. What was it like being there? Yeah, so for the like for the very first time, I was witnessing such a huge thing, and you know, um, so initially the the verdict was supposed to be delivered on February tenth, if I'm not wrong. So, but then, so all the reporters. So on that day, we had also gone there. It was last Wednesday. I'm getting the date wrong. So, um, so then it was deferred by the uh, judge, saying that it is a long judgment and it needs time. So then uh, yesterday, uh, when we went, I, I reached around one thirty, and uh, the, deli- the the verdict was supposed to be pronounced at two. So when I reached there, I mean, uh, it was like a you know just uh, dotted with uh, police personnel. First of all, there were lawyers, there were reporters. And all sorts of, you know, uh, speculations and deliberations were made. Like, uh, what will happen? Well, you know, that will the case, I mean, will the judge favor Ramani or Akbar? So um, I was sitting at one corner and uh, so I saw uh, Ramani entering. And uh, she has this pretty, like, very, very, uh, like, she looked very, uh, you know, very upbeat and very, uh, she has that confidence in her face and, uh, there was no, I don't know, I mean, there was no uh, signs of fear in her face as far like as I could, you know, uh, interpret. So um, then uh, uh, her lawyer, Rebecca John, she was not there. She came after the verdict came. So uh, Ramani was there with her husband, uh, Samar Harlankar. And uh, then uh, uh, even uh, Barkhadat was there. Uh, she was there. Uh, so initially it was like, okay, uh, and everybody was like, everybody was like, what will happen? So at two, when we finally got inside the courtroom, then uh, then the judge said that it, it, he will need another 40 minutes. So it was delayed by another 40 minutes. So uh, there was a lot of tension we could feel, huh? that uh, all the lawyers, all the reporters were like, okay, what will happen? You know, everybody was like very, uh, you know, uptight. So um, then, but Ramani, I think, uh, we couldn't see Akbar anywhere. We couldn't see him uh, until at two when he was there, when he arrived with, uh, he had his uh, own uh, personal, like um, police personnel with him. He was guarded by them. And he came, his head was bowed down. He didn't for once even look at us, look at the media. He didn't, he didn't look at anybody for that matter. So yeah, so after like around 2.40, if I'm not wrong, so we all were there uh, assembled in the court. And while the judge was reading the judgment, uh, he was first, he started off by listing out all the contentions that were made by both the parties. Um, so initially he said that um, the tweets that, uh, that uh, Ramani had tweeted and the Vogue article per se, they both were defamatory. That was the judgment. 
सो वी वर लाइक कि ओके अच्छा दिस इज डेफिमेट्री दैट हैज़ बीन कन्फर्म बट देन द जज सेट दैट दिस डिफेंस दिस ट्रूथ एज अ डिफेंस ट्रूथ दैट हैज़ बीन डिलीवर्ड यू नो इन पब्लिक इंटरेस्ट दैट वॉज अ डिफेंस दैट वॉज एक्सेप्टेड बाय द जज एंड बिकॉज दिस दिस स्टोरी ऑफ सेक्शुअल हैरसमेंट दैट रमानी इनकाउंटर्ड and it was not even ramani because you know it started off with the me too movement and there were 20 other women who had spoken against uh, akbar and ramani came after i think uh, a few women had already spoken so it was also contested in the court before by rebecca john that this was uh, a case of selective you know prosecution because uh, there were other women other uh, 19 or 20 other women who had spoken against akbar but why this criminal defamation case has been registered against uh, ramani in particular and rebecca john is ramani's lawyer yeah rebecca yes. john is uh, ramani's lawyer so uh, so this was also part of a argument so the obviously the the court uh, took cognizance of this fact that this selective prosecution was there and it also upheld you know that that akbar is not uh, does not have a stellar reputation and the fact that it was historic i mean Okay, so uh, so after the contentions were made, after it was said that it was defamatory, then the judge said, uh, you know, that the sexual harassment that happens at work workplace, I mean, it took cognizance of that. That it said he said that the women, even after um, he like she has been subjected to any sort of harassment, like decades ago, but it does not matter. You can share your story, yeah. and the judge said that that he believes in ramani the he believes in the truth that has been uh, shared by her so that is why after that um, uh, the the court acquitted ramani saying i mean this was the crux of the whole case that truth is basically the defense and and uh, and that it believes in ramani's case yeah. so I, i remember reading a very valid point in your report that he yeah. made about him believing ramani where he said that you know most of these cases of assault or harassment take place in very private spaces exactly so it might not have witnesses yeah who can then yeah. offer some sort of an alibi true because you know in like i had attended uh, after this case was this case was transferred i guess uh, thrice uh, initially it was some um, vishal some uh, summer vishal if i'm not wrong i'm bad at uh, recalling names so uh, ravindra uh, kumar pandey when it came uh, to his hands in october 2020 so i had uh, <coughs> started visiting uh, the, sorry it was not physical so i attended all the online uh, virtual hearings so um, so it was contested in that uh, during the hearings as well that you know she was uh, obviously i mean the the other party that is uh, the the complainant akbar they always wanted because you know you have to have that proof you have to have that okay she published the vogue article but what is the proof yeah so she tweeted but then ramani later deleted all uh, all the tweets so that was also a, a matter of discussion so uh, when the 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 complainant had also argued that you know that these are all defamatory these are all fictitious her, her vogue article was considered to be fictitious by they it was described to be fictitious this by the geeta luthra who is mj akbar's daughter yeah yeah geeta luthra so yeah all these sort of deliberations were made but yeah like like you pointed out you know it's it has happened decades ago when you are asking for like uh, for for proof uh, like 
do you have cctv uh, cam uh, footage of the hotel do you have uh, any witnesses even uh, i think nilofer venkatraman and gazala wahab right so both of them were uh, witnesses uh, in this and uh, gazala wahab was also um, sexually harassed by allegedly i, I don't know but she was uh, she testified against akbar so yeah i mean but then that is the thing to prove that and which the court also took cognizance of which is i think it's very 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 you know a landmark judgment but also the fact that we are celebrating i mean uh, obviously we'll have our own op- opinions and interpretations regarding how big of a you know celebration or a big of a, la- a landmark verdict we can describe it to be considering that it was ramani uh you know who had shared her story who had the courage to come up and share what had happened to her but it was later she was the one who was put into well who was the accused right right so that is i mean and mm. she like she is an accused of her own story and yeah. she is acquitted for something that she has not even done yeah so, facing yeah. a man who was as powerful yeah. an editor as a politician but uh, tell me what was um, akbar doing throughout this when the judge said hmm. when the judgment said that you know she's acquitted yeah what was his uh, expression what was he doing <laughs> was he still looking down yeah i mean throughout the vict- uh, the verdict uh, the moment he came in the moment he en- entered the court courtroom uh, throughout the verdict and after he retreated back i mean his head was bowed down he never for once i mean like i was obviously i was observing him very closely because i was standing right beside him he never for once looked at the judge or even you know sidewards so and he had this grave sort of expression on his face trying to i don't know i mean it's my interpretation that uh, he was trying to hide that fear that you know that everything is fine or maybe he was anticipating something so yeah so on all the on the other hand ramani looked very 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 jubilant and she was i i saw i saw the uh, twitter feed when the whole thing happened and people were posting most yeah. reporters were posting videos of ramani walking out yeah. sometimes uh, i think rebecca john was with her yeah and she was giving video bites yeah, and so i think mostly mo- even though most reporters were making videos i saw that your report was like this 15 or half an hour within half an hour your report was on the website so was even everyone was making videos <laughs> were you were you finding stories no actually i had the timeline of the case already ready right you know because you have to be you know such uh, cases don't wait so so i had the timeline ready i just you know i just i when i was in the court so whatever the updates were coming i just texted it to jayashree she is our editor right so i texted it to her and she made all the edits the grammatical errors of course right and then she published it asap yeah because, yeah because um if you want to read um, anna's report do head over to news laundry you can either search for one of the keywords ramani or akbar or look for her byline which is anna now coming to akanksha akanksha was in singu border uh, as she said she's uh, you know just like me uh, i think it's Nidhi and Basant have been covering the protests since it began and persistently, but both of us haven't been uh, to Singhu as much. At least I've been to Gazipur or there or there, but Singhu just once. That's yeah. me and Anna went together. Yes. But Akanksha, you also was it? Was that your first time when you went to Singhu? Yeah. 
how uh, i mean this is what two two and a half months into this what did you must have been overwhelming in some way what what do you think um i think uh, whenever we have uh, gone out to cover protests um and especially because a lot of them uh, happen at jantar mantar all the protest sites are at least accessible to journalists and common people in general uh and i think the first thing which struck me was just the inaccessibility of the place which the police uh is also ensuring happens uh because even now that it's just like a bunch of uh men and women who are camped on either side of the national highway uh i don't see any reason why you should stop even journalists from taking the straight road to the protest site because and it's i'm not saying this because i had to walk like 5 6 kilometers but uh it's also how you are uh, the kind of treatment that the state is giving to uh, the protesters so the message is clear and also i think it's a kind of psychological warfare if that's the right word to use here because uh when you make it difficult uh, for anyone to reach that particular place obviously uh i could see that there was no media presence and even uh, like i had gone with basant so when we started and all of this has been reported but when we again started taking videos and photos of the iron spikes and barricades and everything uh, right behind the main stage we were again stopped uh, and were escorted away uh and we were like told at least twice not to take uh, shots or videos of any such thing so it's also uh, you know probably one gets a sense that uh, the government wants it to be blacked out in some way and inaccessibility helps them uh because obviously there would be reluctance in going there day in and day out so uh, uh i think the fact that you know you you have to walk along a drain and then reach a center point and then from there again you have to walk a few mm-hmm. kilometers because even the arterial lanes which lead to the protest site have been uh, blocked uh, by cement barricades and concertina wires have been mounted on top of them uh, so it's like the police and the state machinery just does not want you to reach that place within a span of 5 uh, 10 minutes um and also singhu is not really in delhi it's i think 60 kilometers from delhi so you yeah. also take uh, it also takes you one or two hours to reach there right so tell me when you i mean when me and anna went there we just had to walk through the barricades uh, but when you go there what how much time does it take say when you stop outside the protest to getting inside approximately how many minutes i think it easily takes you 30 40 minutes to reach the place so i think in evening um, uh, after 6 pm it will take you much longer uh, because uh, there is fog and it's mm. also outskirts of delhi with uh, delhi police using dtc buses to you know drop and fetch its personnel so uh, there is a lot of dust also so you actually have to come back with, with your mobile torch light on uh, because like uh, even when basant would walk a few steps ahead of me i would be like ki bhai tum dikh nahi rahe mujhe thoda piche aa jao because at least i just want to see you inside 
And now the farmers who've been here since November 26 will be finding new strategies to protest. And already they've been arranging, you know, how the work in their fields is done when they're in Delhi. But just explain to us, after you spoke to these farmers, how are they planning to adjust their protest to the coming, you know, summer? So uh, I think... Uh Bharti uh, Kisan Union leader uh, Rakesh Tiket, he uh, gave an interview to Reuters last week where he said that, uh, you know, we already have a plan in place because I think there was also a sense if uh, the farmers are already tired because there there have been 11 rounds of talks and they are in a state of disillusion. But uh, Tiket said that, you know, we already have chalked out a plan and there will be a rota basis where, you know, a particular set of farmers will replace them who have been here for a while. Uh, and so I went around uh, at Singhu uh, talking to uh, different categories of farmers. There are the, there are some very small marginal fa- farmers which with just like two to three hectares of land and there are some other who have as much as like 14 acres of land uh, and they said that uh, we, they are not going back uh, because there is there are like committees uh, in their respective villages which will look after the harvesting in some cases uh, not all male members of family are here so if like two of them are here two other brothers are back home will take care of the harvesting uh, because uh, march onwards uh, they will have to harvest wheat and other rabi crops which are uh, almost ready some of them also because uh, they have been here for two two and a half months and it's also a question of their pride uh, and they they also feel very angry because you know prime minister has not really spoken to them they also say that even if the crops are destroyed for one season uh, they don't care they will continue to stay here uh, but mostly the farmers that i spoke to they say that uh, i may go back which you know on a rotation basis uh someone will replace me but we are here to stay right so uh, you know uh, i part of your report said i remember one person had told you that even if the crops rot they won't be going back home so do you think the, that farmers i mean even though they have this system in place that some of them face this uh, you know prospect that because of the protest because of their presence in singhu they'll have some sort of crop failure back at home uh so i think for them uh, what they are looking at is the larger implication of the new law so this particular farmer hardev singh who is from moga district and he's the one who's actually been quoted in the story as saying that you know even if the crops are destroyed i'm not going anywhere from here uh so uh, basically you know he is uh, scared that once the laws are enforced 
uh, one of them will ensure trade free barrier uh, wherein like a, a farmer from other state can also come and sell at their mandis uh and so he's uh, also apprehensive that what if he comes to our mandi and sells wheat at a price lower than the msp or offers it at a lower price then like what what in our, in the local markets and what are we supposed to do punjab still has uh, like a good network of mandis because i was reading a report where it says that uh, in every like 4 5 kilometers you will find a mandi which is probably one of the reasons why uh, farmers from punjab are so vociferous uh, but responding to your query regarding a crop failure i think they are focused on the larger implications of the law whether this competitive nature of market will help will will make their lives even you know more difficult also uh, another fear that they have is that with the entry of private players contract farming may result in some sort of exploitation uh, because once you enter into a contract with that person then i think uh, he especially private players the sense is that he will dictate terms to you in terms of how much for how much uh, time uh, they will take your land on lease um and i think their fears are not completely like unfounded it does have a basis uh, because i was recently also watching this explainer by onindyo chakrabarti for news click so um onindyo uh, you know has uh, given an example of uh, the dispute in gujarat uh, which uh, where a couple of farmers had gone to court against a uh, lays uh because uh, it was insisting them uh, b- because firstly the, uh, the la- like the pepsico they entered into a contract with them that you will produce a certain variety of potato uh and when they started growing it on their own then like the company had sued farmers that you cannot do so because it's a kind of our uh, copyright uh and he also went goes on to explain that these private players they are not interested also in entering into a contract with like every small and marginal farmer in the village they usually do these contracts with farmers who have a large land holding uh but in case depending on the demand uh, they want more of that particular variety of crop the same big farmer or the zamedar only takes land on lease from small farmers and eventually what has been found is that these small farmers they don't profit much uh, due to this system of contract farming um so i think their they their fears are legit right but i mean i think a much more optimistic story that you fired was the second one about dilbag singh who is this protester who cycled all the way from punjab to the singo border how many kilometers was that so i think uh, on uh, google map it's 470 kilometers which is what uh, the poster on his cycle also says but i think it must be around more than 500 kilometers that this man has cycled just to be a part of a farmers protest but you know that you know he uses his presence to somehow uplift the spirit of the protesting farmers i mean that's i think to for people who've been away from home under open skies in cold now 
in summer uh, you need that sort of you know encouragement from your own comrades so how has he been doing that how has he been uplifting spirits i'm curious so um when you enter like the singhu protest site of course there is this one main stage where people are giving speeches so uh, that has been like a big source of motivation for all those who have been there but uh, otherwise also uh, you know there are these uh, tractors with uh, music and uh, with punjabi music playing i think which is basically meant to uh, pump up uh, people he this man has his own way of uh, sort of uh, spreading awareness so he takes several rounds of the protest site on his bicycle uh with like these posters which say that he has traveled so much and uh he is here to stand with his brothers um and uh, in between also he tries and talks to people he has his own sort of uh i think uh, friends uh the usual uh pehredars who are there who kind of support him uh and he uh, in during daytime he takes like these several rounds of the protest site in the evening of course because he's a, a daily wage laborer uh he also has this weighing machine and he takes like few rupees and tells all the passers by their weight um so he also says that this is how he's trying to make up for the wages that he's missing out uh on a daily basis so i think it's more of a symbolic uh, gesture wherein he is trying to be a part of this movement uh because when i asked him that what is it that you are scared of uh, if this law comes into f- uh, picture and he said that hamare liye to aartiya hi sab kuch hai where will i go looking for modi uh because uh, artias are the local money lenders who are available to them uh 24/7 and they are the ones who are also uh the middlemen uh, and help them in the sale of the produce at the mandis uh who actually act as saviors when they need money let's say for marriage or there's been a medical emergency and all so it's a they are like part of their social ecosystem as well and the fear is that once there are private players uh, then probably the mandis will be uh, hit uh, like very badly and uh, if they are not into picture then this entire uh, you know informal system of money lending which has kept them going for years now will also uh be uh, demolished so i think for people like uh, dilbag the fact that uh, the future of an artia is in danger is what brings him to singhu and motivates him to do what he is doing wow and did you go there looking for him or did you find him by chance i find him by chance <laughs> <Okay>. i never <laughs> go looking for something i think uh, i'm just like generally curious to know about a person right and like what brings him here mm. and i think i was i was just taking the a stroll through that 15 16 kilometer stretch after the stage and there is this man you know walking on a cycle saying that you know i've uh, come like i've traveled 470 kilometers so i actually stopped him right and then i started shooting 
So this is how the story happened. Oh wow! So uh, both of these reports, the latter report is titled "Protest on Wheels: Meet the Farmer Who Cycles Around Singu to Lift Spirits." Uh, you can find these reports just like Anna's or mine uh, at newslaundry.com, and I can't recommend them enough. Moving to Anna's report from Mangolpuri, Northwest Delhi. Mm. Uh, this was this very contentious case that came up, and it's almost uh, you know pattern that these cases always become contentious yeah. uh, since a couple of years where a 25 year old man called Rinku Sharma mm. uh, was killed now in the mainstream media uh, there were two parallel narratives that I could uh, sense one was that uh, he was in he was a business partner of the people who killed him and therefore yeah. it was a business related issue yeah. and the second was that you know because he was a apparently a bajrangdal worker yeah vhp worker a vhp worker yeah. um he was killed by these uh, the accused i think there were five of them and all mm, of them are muslim so yeah, the yeah. people allege that there's a communal angle yeah. but anna was on the ground to find out you know what's really true so anna tell us first of all mm. have you grown up in delhi no no so i uh, mangolpuri is you know i have grown up in delhi i've never been to mangolpuri yeah and so and by the from the pictures i saw it's one of those places in delhi it's very, very cramped, cramped and yeah. thin lanes very thin so lanes, yeah. uh, how, how did you feel uh, reporting from an area like that um so initially i had to like look for search for uh, so i was alone i was there and uh, um so i had to search ki yahan pe you know ki bhaiya yahan pe uh, murder hua hai to mujhe jana hai so but then uh, because it's like you know that the the entire mongolpuri area the, it, it happened in k block so people were aware because obviously the 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 police were there and uh, the entire bajrang dal the vhp members the people affiliated to bjp everybody was there so i could find the house ringo sharma's house it's in it was located in it's located in like in one of the corners in the narrow lanes of mongolpuri so i was not aware that you know it uh, initially when i matlab later subsequently when i when i was uh, reporting and i spoke with uh, the locals over there so one of them said ki uh, madam aap pehli baar aaye hai like you have ever come here for the first time i said yes uh, for the first time i have come so he said ki theek hai he was a local shopkeeper so he said ki theek hai ma'am uh, you come here at uh, night and uh, aap yahan se wapas nahi ja payenge That's oh my god. Said. Yeah. And did he say that with a creepy look? Yeah, so no he didn't say it in a very creepy way, but he said in a like very uh, you know in a concerned way that he said ki uh, you know aap aapko main akela dekh raha hu I am seeing you that you are here alone but all the media people have come with their camera persons and everybody but uh, I am particularly concerned about you ma'am. So but aap agar aayenge raat mein na if you come here at night सो आप वापस नहीं जा पाएंगे सो आई लाइक वापस नहीं जा पाएंगे इसका क्या मतलब है तो ही सेट कि नो इट्स इट्स अ वेरी यू नो लाइक क्राइम्स हैपन वेरी ऑफन एंड सो इट्स इट्स वेरी डेंजरस एंड स्पेशली फॉर वेमेन इट्स वेरी डेंजरस सो आई वॉज लाइक ओके so tell me is it from the no, what i what i could tell from reading your story yeah. these incidents usually happen in places in delhi hmm. in lower middle class or working class neighborhoods where you know there is good amount of intermingling between hindus and muslims mm-hmm. most of south delhi we see is 
know places places like where our offices is mostly mm. upper middle class uh, yeah. dominantly hindu societies yeah. but in the, in mangolpuri what was the demographic like uh, it was uh, so it's majorly prominently uh, hindu dominated area so there are like almost 100 150 households mm. and uh, i asked if uh, there were as many as hindu mm. uh, families uh, as uh, the muslim people were there so they said ki no there are a couple of muslim families mm. uh, but um, so when i asked particularly about this case then they said ki uh, no the hindus and the muslims over here are you know uh, they are like brothers mm. so there's this sense of brotherhood so we uh, celebrate all the festivals here there's this sense of uh, friendship the cordiality is there so but only this particular muslim family mm. had an issue with the hindus so I this see. particular hindu uh, muslim family was referred right. to the right. the accused family and but there were five accused were yeah, they all related yeah so the okay. locals are saying that uh, all these five accused are brothers i see so uh, rinku's house is there in one of the narrow lanes of uh, mangolpuri so it's just uh, the accused house is uh, just a stone's throw away from rinku's house in like 20 or 30 meters uh, the accused house is there so i wanted to speak to the accused family as well but the door was locked and uh, they the local said that uh, the all the five accused have their family so they are all married and they have children as well and all uh, the their wives and the children they have left for uh, bihar's uh, samastipur their hometown so i could not speak to the accused family which i should have but i couldn't right so yeah so i mean uh, so this is a as they say you know place where there is good amount of communal amity it's yeah, also yeah. majority hindu and did the murder take place in mangolpuri the same yes, area yes same area S- okay okay and uh, okay. outside it was mm-hmm. uh, it's alleged that it's outside uh, right. uh, rinku's house okay. and the cct there's a cctv footage as well mm-hmm. where it shows like 10 15 people they are coming in uh they are carrying weapons in their hands wow. but it has not been proved whether these weapons were proved uh, were used uh, for the murder for the killing and how but did he die how was he killed he was stabbed wow okay so yeah so tell me between mm. i mean uh, i read your report and you said there's the family version which says this is a communal mm. matter it's because he worked for this hindu cause yeah. and then there's the police version which says there's no communal anger but yeah. a business uh reason behind why it happened yeah but beyond the facts i mean you were on the ground you saw everything what was your intuition about mm. what seemed more reliable i also saw that one of the bjp workers who was at the site told you that you you cannot speak to the mother individually yes, you had yes. to say it in front of them yes it was also very you know screwed up as yeah. a journalist you need to take people True. into True. the corner and speak to them yeah. so what was your intuition i mean hmm. of course uh, people might say that oh you're a reporter why don't intuition but hmm. i'm interested hmm. that this can't end at two versions exactly like as like for a journalist you have to stick to the facts right but i like i personally i feel that obviously there is a personal observation that every reporter has every journalist has so um so when i uh, went there firstly i mean there was like a huge like crowd i mean the the police were there the police were deployed and uh, all the locals had gathered so uh, it happened uh, on wednesday that was february 10th and i went there on friday um so okay so when i went there um outside his uh, door like his house is there and outside his door uh, there were bjp people the people affiliated to bjp vhp and bajrangdal all were there 
and they were heavily guarding his place i mean uh, when i spoke to the uh, the locals over there that we are like i'm a journalist i need to speak to the family if i can so they said ki nahi nahi this is uh, you know you can't speak to the uh, to the family right now because obviously they are grieving they're in a grieving situation and when i had went there uh, it was around 11 in the morning so rakhi birla she is uh, she's an mla she's an aap mla aamad aamadmi party's mla so she was there inside the house so all speculations were made that you know that rakhi birla is visiting the family what is the need to visit the family uh, so so rakhi birla uh, is that rep- representative of that mangolpuri area so um, Uh, so i had i spoke to the locals and they said that apparently she has come to uh, bribe the family and saying saying that you know case vapas le lo but uh, later when i spoke to the family there was uh, uh, rinku's brother so she he said that no she had come to extend support and she said that the accused will be punished and everything so yeah but when rakhi birla was speaking to the family all the bjp uh, people they were guarding his house and like i spoke to the locals not a single person and i and i'm telling you like not a single person whom i spoke with they like everybody everybody agreed to the fact that it was it was a communal anger whether they know the family personally whether they know the accused family that doesn't matter that it's like it's you know that that uh, that herd mentality whether they know i mean they are not even uh, with uh, like they haven't even seen the killing yeah but they knew that this is a communal angle because for them uh, rinku was a uh, very devotional very religious and uh, he always always used to part- participate in all these religious uh, processions and the accused since they were muslim they always had problems uh, with rinku because they uh, because rinku uh, started you know he used to chant jai shri ram and this was the narrative i mean all the locals all uh, the locals the bjp members everybody had this thing uh, yeah. that was a dominant narrative and yeah. were, were all the locals also hindus or were there some muslims also they were also? all hindus okay only i could speak to only one muslim hmm. and uh, he was uh, but he also claimed he didn't speak to, on the communal angle he said that nani we are all because you know the thing is that i could sense that everybody was so scared of saying anything otherwise because they thought they knew that this is the dominant narrative so they have to you know given to that if they would claim otherwise uh, which might have been the possibility mm-hmm. so they feared that and i could sense that because everybody was like ki um, one of the reporters the republic was there z news was there uh, bharatwarsh was there so all had their opinions and uh, uh, they were prompting also that uh, rinku has been a target and uh, and and i met with this uh, person he is uh, he is also he is he works uh, for bajrang dal and he said that um, i i asked uh, so what has happened and what do you think about it what is the reason behind it so he said madam koi bhi reason ho uh, ab to khun ka badla khun hi hoga so as like okay, okay so you mean that you know that there's blood so it the it will be paid in blood like yes this this uh, this is what it is and uh, speaking of um, like you said uh, speaking to the like i wanted to speak to uh, rinku's mother so what happened was uh, rinku's father was made to shift in another house because apparently he was not well 
so all these media you know interactions kind of is sort of you know you have to tone it down but um, uh, yeah so when her mother was brought in so she came and uh, she came, uh, she was there in in the uh, crowd so we made way for her and she was made to sit down uh, she, uh, there was a circle and uh, you know she was sitting down and uh, we asked like i asked ki um, uh, ma'am can i can i speak to you so she didn't answer uh, somebody else answered for her she he said that madam yahan pe uh, here she'll speak but she'll speak once and to all the media people so we don't want you know this report individual reporters coming in and asking the same specific question so whatever she'll speak she'll speak in front of everybody present here and when she spoke to you yeah i mean sometimes you know as a reporter you can tell by looking at people's faces hmm. that uh, they are holding it back like even and i've usually seen when you you know talking to people in the muslim community uh, that they always are holding something back because even as we as even we as reporters we can come back to our office after taking bites yeah. but when we play them you know those people sure. are still there they have to live in the community exactly and even if this is something that's diverging from what their neighbors are saying it can lead to trouble mm. uh, but was that true with the mother when she, when you spoke to her did she could you tell that she's being you know you know what i mean um, firstly um, she was guarded right i mean she was grieving also so uh, and she was sitting there i mean obviously there is i mean i like first of all she was sitting there and she was crying she was grieving for her lost son but she was also saying that you know i i the things that she did not speak on the communal angle she just said that uh, these people have killed my son and i want revenge i i need compensation i need government jobs yeah and uh, i i i need the government to listen to us that was her think that was a, that was uh, she was saying so but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that obviously like if we, i had got the chance to you know speak to her in private maybe she would have told something because you know when you are speaking to to a, a a number of reporters and when you have and and when i i, I can certainly tell this when she was saying that uh, uh, rinku sharma ko mara hai in logon ne muslims ne mara hai she was saying that so people uh, from the bajrang dal vhp and the the bjp they were prompting they were saying ki badla hoga badla hoga and what they were saying her mother was repeating so i mean that was the thing you know when you right. because they didn't want the mother to forget that mm. this is a communal angle and you have to speak to this, speak about that so that was the reason she was guarded so obviously i mean mm. um that is that was quite prevalent and uh, obviously i mean uh, people uh, whom i spoke with they were very i don't know i mean the you know the uh, the fact that a mother has lost her son that did not matter a fact that a muslim killed a hindu that was a prevalent right. that was a dominant narrative right and right, right. and lastly just tell us that uh, yeah. you were telling me the other day 
that you were i mean properly bullied by these people the the yeah. sang parivar you yeah. know vigilantes or whatever they are mm-hmm. who standing there who are telling you ki ha behanbazi nahi chalegi yeah yeah how how was that i mean have you f- ever faced that before no no this was the first time i faced such a thing so i was speaking i was trying to speak to other locals because uh, i knew the dominant narrative that was happening so uh, i i went to another gully this is a small gully so i was speaking to those locals i was speaking to a bunch of women and uh, there was a man also whom i was speaking with and that man i am not can't recall his name but that man was also affiliated to uh, bajrang dal so i was speaking to them and suddenly i saw these group of men uh, like 10 15 men they they stormed in and you know and they they were actually asking another uh, people like another group of people that uh, they I, i could hear like i could overhear ki they were saying something ki uh, don't speak to the media you know don't do this um, they'll make this into something another they'll they'll take another angle and uh, make this another issue this is a communal angle ye wo so i could overhear all those things but i was listening to my source which i was whom i was speaking to but suddenly they came and one of the women pointed out that ye bhi to reporter hai matlab pointing out towards me that uh, sir she is also a reporter so they came and they asked me ki uh, madam kahan se ho aap to i said news laundry so they said ki uh, uh, i apparently they didn't know news laundry thankfully <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah yeah so they said um, uh, okay so aap news laundry se hain i'm like yes uh, for the uh, addressing the women and the person who I was speaking uh, whom I was speaking with they said uh, news 24 bbc hindi aur ye ye log agar dikhenge na to inko jute pakad ke marna jute utha ke marna and i was like okay i you know that when i was like what is happening i mean it was too much for me to take in and then uh, addressing me he said ki uh, aap koi bhi media channel se ho nikal jao yahan se and i was like theek hai i'm going but i'm speaking to people i'm going to i said going ja nahi rahi hu ab bhi niklo aap ladki ho yahan se and speaking to the women ki inke sath koi behanbazi nahi karni hai mean implying that since she is a woman just don't empathize or anything just don't say anything don't utter a word just oust them you know that was the thing and I was like, okay, I'm going. So they said, "Ki nahi nahi, nikal. Abhi niklo. Aap ladki ho. Isliye main thoda tamiz se kar, uh, baat kar raha hu. Nahi to abhi jute utar ke marta." Wow. Yeah, they said that jute utar ke marta, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Fair I was enough. initially very scared. So I had to leave. I had yes. to leave. Yeah. Yes. And, you and you this should. shows. I mean, this shows that the narrative. I mean, because you know, they they were saying that. this uh, the police was saying that this uh, this scuffle mm. happened at a birthday party but uh, the locals they were saying that no 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 this is a communal angle and because of this in- incident i am pretty sure that how uh, like how painfully they wanted to protect that narrative right. that was there in the media okay so if you want to uh, read uh, anna's report on rinku sharma's murder you can go to our website it's titled contradictions and media mistrust investigating rinku sharma's death in mangolpuri and um, you can also i think towards the end of the report read about this <laughs> experience he just told us about uh, with a unique <laughs> bunch of low lives and now we move on uh, 
to the recommendations. But before we move on to that segment, dear listeners, um, as you can tell, bringing you these reports requires not just time but hard work and also resources. And to help us continue our work, please do consider subscribing to us because, as many of you are aware, News Laundry is a hundred percent ad-free news platform. This is because we believe that in order to bring you ground realities like these, we cannot depend on advertisers or sponsors who might have vested interests. We solely count on folks like you who understand why it is important to keep news away from the clutches of advertisers. So please support us in our endeavor to bring you free and fair news. Go to our website, click on the red subscribe button on the top right hand corner, and pay to keep news free. Now, guys. Uh, the recommendations you guys have you know you can suggest anything that our readers can read listen to or watch akanksha i would uh, recommend uh, our own uh, video on our youtube channel which is news laundry investigation reality of love jihad in kanpur so uh, we have uh, interviewed some of the victims of uh, so called love jihad cases in kanpur but what the video also features uh, is the version of the muslim families uh, where boys are have been jailed uh, after fir's was filed and these some of these ca- cases were part of the sit probe and my second recommendation would be this uh, documentary by pbs and frontline return from isis it just blew my mind away because this journalist uh, was in touch with this woman who had joined isis she's a us citizen and uh, the documentary actually covers the time period of 4 years wherein this journalist keeps on verifying and cross checking every claim that this woman was making and uh, uh, apparently it turns out that you know she had married uh, a muslim guy who was at some point radicalized and he took uh, like this lady along with their two kids to turkey saying that you know i will start life uh, on a new note but uh, he joins isis and how their lives also turn upside down uh, it's a fantastic documentary i've not seen something like this wow it sounds fantastic anna your recommendation um so my recommendation would be along those lines of the verdict that has come uh, regarding priya ramani and mj akbar so ramani had penned an a vogue article which was published in 2017 uh it's titled to the harvey weinstein's of the world so harvey weinstein obviously we know that with whom the me too movement started and me too movement in india started in 2018 it's like an offshoot of the american movement we can call that so when uh, um jamani was coming out and you know she was saying she so this article is about um, the the allegations that she has uh, leveled against akbar without naming him she addresses him as uh, dear mail boss right so yeah so this is i mean it's a fascinating piece i mean obviously because i i think many of our listeners would have read it but those who haven't i really would recommend because this is one of the major you know primary things and it was uh, contested in the court as well and it was uh, like the court uh, said that it was defamatory but i guess uh, uh, ramani's you know ramani's story is very well reflected in the piece so right you'll find the piece linked uh, below the podcast on news laundry website my recommendation for this week is this uh, book that came out last year it's a memoir of uh, one of the 
very popular fantastic journalist called Seymour Hersh he's an american journalist who's a journalist who worked with the new york times and the new yorker and i think he's been a journalist for 4 or 5 decades and the book is called reporter a memoir so i I've, i've just read one chapter but i intend on finishing it so anyone interested can check it out and listeners if you are listening to this podcast on spotify stitcher or apple podcast please visit our website www.newslaundry.com and check out a uh, wonderful stuff that we are doing uh, including ground reports satire shows and explainers and also if you're on itunes anyway remember to rate our podcast we also have a bunch of other podcasts like hafta and awful and awesome better the rating more the reach and that means more subscribers and that in turn means better journalism at news laundry it's a win win situation guys um also guys if you uh, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast please refer it to your friends family teachers lovers everybody you can also write to us at contact@newslaundry.com with reporters without orders in the subject line you can also leave your comments on our twitter or instagram any of your instagrams open or all they're all private very very private. very mine private. was a private yours is open right akanksha yeah. I just made it public. Oh, Akanksha has been making it public. I know why because you're getting many followers. <laughs> <laughs> But you can also um, uh, leave a message for Akanksha in her Instagram. And with that this podcast is adjourned. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah.